throw away the stubbies. <laughs> From then on, it was, it was all on, all right? We sort of party pretty hard after that. Beer. Beer grass up, beer grass up, beer grass up, beer grass up. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle Legends. This one uh, more special even than our usual League Castle Legends. I know they might join by a legend of local footy uh, from recent years, from the Knights and also in the local competitions. But we're joined by a guest co-host, none other than uh, a former uh, appearee on our shows, Daniel Nielsen from What's New in the Castle. Welcome to the show, Dan. Everyone know that I was the local legend, so I appreciate that. But I don't know if you're working. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were um, introducing me as the local legend, but I'll take it. Um, but before we start, <laughs> I just want to pay my respect to the traditional owners of the land, the Wobbacal people, and where we're, the meeting is today, and um, pay my respect to any elders past and present. And yeah, so just, let's get into it. Lovely, mate. And of course, that man that we did reference, the actual legend, not to say that you're not Dan, but. Uh, <laughs> The man that sits in between us today, he's uh, he played a number of seasons with the Knights. He's uh, spent most of his adult years now in the Newcastle region, a few down in Sydney and away elsewhere. He won a premiership with the Knights in reserve grade in 95 and in first grade in 97. Uh, he's a cult hero through his years with the Knights, Souths, the West Tigers and, of course, a little visit over at Witness before coming back to the local competition. He's none other than Owen Craigie. Owen, thanks for joining Senator us. Boys, it's the big OC in the house. What's hey. happening? What's happening? More, <laughs> more clubs than Dwayne Samson. Oh, like. Yeah, more clubs than Slim Dusty, they reckon. <laughs> but, yeah, no, thanks for having me, boys. I'm excited to be and have a yarn with you. No, like. Thanks for coming on, um, representing the both, both shows and your mob, et cetera, like that. So I um, really appreciate it. All good, my boy. All good, bro. So, Owen, oh, give us, I guess, let's start at the start, mate. Um, born in Varel. Central, Northwestern, New South Wales. When's yeah. your first memories of footy, etc. up in those parts? Yeah, so how it all come about, bro, uh, it actually came out by mistake, you know, and um, I remember speaking on a podcast here a while back, you know, I was 12 years of age and um, only Margaret Connors, God bless her soul, passed away and now her and alive lived on the corner there and the young fellow Elton was playing footy in town, you know, for Inverell West and it was under 14s and I was 12 and I was playing in the backyard with my brothers and sisters and that and she said, look, the shorter players jump in. And I said, oh, I've never played footy before. Just running over my sisters and brothers in the, <laughs> in the backyard, you know. And then I went in there and um, I played barefoot. And I scored seven tries as a 12-year-old playing under-14. My first game of footy, you know. And I got home that afternoon and um, mum and dad were pretty strict on me, you know. And Aunt May said, listen, I'm just coming out and played footy. And Ray and Denise, you know, we scored a couple of tries. He had fun and... Then they wouldn't let me play footy for a while. And then, you know, one day they said, do you really want to play? I said, yeah. And that's how I got into footy, you know. But prior to that, man, I was just swimming, chasing rabbits, cha you know, yeah, and hunting yeah. and tinger. And that was my life, you know. And um, at the time, we were going hunting as kids. I'd be hunting with Preston Campbell, Nathan Blacklock, PJ Ellis, you know. Like we, and all we did there was go hunting and, and, and play touch footy and footy in the yard and that, you know. So no way to outrun those boys, eh? Oh, <laughs> Imagine they yeah. coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, you know, not once did we ever sit there and say as kids, we want to play big-time football. We just wanted to yeah. play for the Tinga Tigers. That was it. That was, yeah. that was the ultimate that goal. That was it. Play Tinga Tigers. We, we were the first one there for Ball Boy and Sand Boy. We got a can of Coke, a pie and $5, you know, and that was everything to us, lads, you know, and we just wanted to be a Tinga Tiger, but then... You know, you look over the years, you know, you Nathan done anything, Preston done anything, PJ Ellis done anything, mm. now you got young Bevan French coming through, you know, and Greg Inglis' grandfather's from Tingy, you know, Uncle Alec is my pop's brother and Albert Kelly's grandmother, you know. So it's, it's, it's a small place, bar, but, you know, we cheat so much. Some good bloodlines coming through there, mate, as you talked about, and uh, 
you know, from an NRL point of view, and of course anyone that's watched any local league in recent years will certainly know that name, PJ Ellis. He's been a stalwart in the Newcastle comp and an absolute machine. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's won, a, won a few comps out there at Maitland, that, you know, and, um, but yeah, you know, just growing up as a, as a young following Tim Goodin Royal brother, it was uh, quite unique and quite special, you know, and we, um, like I said, man, we all, we, we, we played footy just to score tries, really, and, and have fun, you know, and we're very blessed to have the life that we had, you know. What I can't believe is when you say that you didn't play till you're 12 years of age and hear all the stories about like, legends like Joey Johns and Jonathan Thurston and etc. like that, and like you know they they first playing footy when they were four or five year old. I can't believe that you, your first oh. game wasn't your, into your teens. It's yeah, um, yeah, that's 12. quite unbelievable, really. Yeah, I was 12, bro. You know, and um, and like I said, you know, like I grew up, you know, chasing rabbits and, and hunting and stuff, and. You know, but I, I love the I love the football, you know. But yeah, it was twelve years of age, and I, I played by mistake, and I was I was scared, and I was nervous, you know. And and when when I played, and I played, it was actually I was twelve playing under fourteens, and I played barefoot, man, and it was in Royal West. And um, mm. before you know it, I properly signed a year later. Dad took me in there, but with a pair of black Adidas boots with the bright green three stripes <laughs> down the side, and I slept in away like first pair of footy boots, you know. Mm. And and then after a while, I um. You know, I was playing 12s, 14s and 16s as a 12-year-old. It's uh, a phenomenal journey and it didn't take very long at all from there then. Obviously relocated down to Newcastle only a few years later. Yeah, so what happened was I, I was playing, I was playing, I always played two, three above. So I played three games of footy in school, like 20, 15, 20 tries, you know, every weekend, you know, and Dad used to pay me money, you know, and he said, son, I can't keep paying you. <laughs> Bankrupting him. <laughs> yeah. So it was from a dollar try to five dollars a try. And, and um, so after what, what happened was they had, um, they had group 19 trials. At uh, at Inverell there at uh, over at uh, Valley Oval and, that, and I went over there and they said, look, radio possible and probables, you kids go there, you kids go there, and so I, I went and trolled and and I, and I made a rep side, you know. And at this stage, I was, you know, this is like two years after playing at West Inverell. I was fourteen at the time, turning fifteen, and I ended up making the country under seventeens team of the fourteen turning fifteen year old boy, you know, and that's where the Knights oh, family. Young. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we went out to Bathurst and um, I got player of the championships and um, I had a few clubs chasing me and that and the bloke walked over to the fence and said, what's your name? And he said, I said, oh, I'm Craigie. He goes, um, my name's Keith Onslow. Yep. I'm from the Newcastle Knights. Um, they told me you're 14 turning 15 and you're playing on the wing in the, you know, and you just made the countryside. I said, is that correct? I went, yeah. And he said, oh, well, would you like to have a chat? And I said, oh, don't ring mum and dad because they don't know I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> where did they think you were? I don't know because they said, Where the hell are you? And I snuck over the Baffers, was known at the Union. <laughs> we won the championships for um, Greater Northern, you know, and we played Brendan Reeves, played with Riverina, who was the fullback. And, <laughs> and I um, made the countryside, so then we played um, Country City, you know, so I played Country 17s. Yep. Then I went City 17s. <laughs> then I went City 17s again. Right. I'm the only player to ever do it. So yep. not only three years in a row, but it's, I'm the only player to actually play country 17s and city city. Yeah, right. That's that's pretty phenomenal to yeah. um, achieve that, mate. So when you came down to Newcastle, what was the story uh, in terms of, like, was it just yourself that came down to initially? Yeah, so we come down. So Keith signed me and then they said, look, we want to invite you down so, so I can see some other kids that you're going to be playing with out at Lyle Peacock out of Toronto. And um, so they drove me and my dad down and... And then, and then um, Keith said, oh, I said to Keith, oh, look, I want to play. He goes, you don't have to play. You know, we're going to sign you after this game. I 
thought, oh, I just want to have a run. I just want to play. He goes, well, we'll put you on the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the last thing. So I went out there. I scored eight tries. <laughs> Keith, and then and David Waite was the coach. For He goes, sign that kid. Keith yeah. goes, relax. We've it's got him. Done. He's yeah. done. So uh, my first contract with the Knights was $1,000 sign-on. And three years school scholarship, that was it. And how old were you there? I was 15. Yeah, right. I was 15. And um, so it was got a year 10 at St. Mary's, then year 11 and 12 at SFX, you know. And yeah, in Hamilton, yeah. Yeah, so dad, mum and dad was big on me to get finished high school. So I was the first kid in mum's family and dad's whole family to yep. finish year 12. Take, taking a step back just before you signed this Knights contract for $1,000, I was listening to another podcast of Barry Tui and talking about um, you were into your, like, your athletics and your running, etc. Yeah, like bro, that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, we, and you, I read here, stat, you, were, you were running 100 metres barefoot under 11 seconds. Yeah, yeah, so 15, 14. Yeah, 10, 9, 3 I used to 10, clock. 9, 3, that's yeah. like, wow. that is crazy. And that's, um, what, early 90s, mid 90s. Yes. So, so what I, the world record at the time, was it, was it under 10 then? Or would not? it just been under just 10? Yeah, yeah, under 10 9, 8, 9, 9, 8, 10. Here's this young kid from Tingara doing it in bare feet. What, what was the story behind that? Did, is it was that something that you wanted to aspire to to make like Olympic Olympic oh, team or something like that? Was that the dream originally? I just love running. I just, just I just love running. So we, it all starts. You know, you have your school athletics carnivals, and when I was great fun, yeah, yeah. So when I was going to, so I'd win the hundred and two hundred in high school, and we'd have the regionals, and I'd smash them, you know, and, and then we'd go to the state. So we'd go down to Sydney, yep. and I'm the only one standing in the Athletics track there in the heart of the city, barefoot yeah. on a tartan track because everyone was wearing spikes and blocks. I didn't know how to use them. I was going to you wouldn't even been on the blocks. You were yeah, doing stand and stuff. Put them on the inside, yeah. laying on the grass. <laughs> and, I, and I just wanted lane four. I even asked them, can you put me in lane four? I said, why? It's just my favourite number. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was very superstitious and I, if I, you know, I did some boom. So I just get in there and I just bang, you know, and then they said, listen, um, you've just clocked a track record here for states and you're barefoot. You know, and I said, oh, yeah, no worries. And I said, you've just made the Australian athletics team to go to America, Mexico and Canada. Being a wow. young kid, but do you did you understand at the time how massive that was or were you just like, oh, it is what it is type of thing? Or was it... I, I, you know, you know, thing so was... Mate, that's, that's incredible. That's yeah, like yeah. So I, I grew up... I'm the oldest of seven kids, you know, and, and um, grew up in Fredbed, Mouse and Tinga and, and I always knew that, you know, like uh, some of the stuff that I grew up in and seen in my life and I just knew that if, if that kid was good, I would be three to five times better. Yeah. If that kid was faster than me, I'm going to take him to school. Just winning attitude is growing up. Attitude. That's all it was, bro. I had nothing to do with money, nothing to do with the lifestyle I had. It's just that if I wanted it, I knew that I would go and get it, you know. And then I went, you know, I made the Australian Athletics team and the whole family in the town raised money for me and I got my first passport and, <laughs> you know, and I, when I went to Sydney this time, you know, like the first time I seen all these big, Tip, we haven't got McDonald's and KFC, nothing like that, bro. Yeah, like we're out in the bush, cuz, you know, like yeah. you blink, you know. I don't mention KFC now, I might have to get yeah. some wings on the way home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm starving. Yeah, so, and uh, you know, and then we, I went to America and um, we flew into LA, into Anaheim, and um, yeah, I went to places, I went to Disneyland, Universal Studios, I met people like Doc off Back to the Future, Cuba Gooden Jr., um, Carl Lewis, Ben Johnson. I remember going to the Reebok factory in LA and they loaded me up with my first bikes because I didn't have any and put all these tights and that. And then they said, listen, don't touch that big billboard there. We're about to launch this kid to the world. It was Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq with Orlando Magic. So he was the face of yeah. Reebok coming straight out of college. Yeah, wow. 
yeah. So I've seen pictures of Shaq and that with size 24 boots and whatever he's doing. Kid from, as you said, a town, blinking, you miss it, Tinger, and you're meeting right. Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson, who are the epitome Oh, and of Donovan Bailey. So I met Donovan Bailey. <laughs> epitome of sprinting at that yeah. point in time and probably so, historically outside of Usain Bolt. Yeah, bro. So like in, in, in Australia, we run in age groups. Over in America, they run in like different sections and that, you know. So we went to Vancouver Island and they're building the stadium for the next Commonwealth Games there. Yep. and. Um, that's where I actually clocked the fastest time of my life there, you know. Yeah. It was, it was ten nine three on that track there. And um, this kid walks over to me and, and, and he had a big crowd around him. And all, all, I was thinking, what's the fast, man? What's the fast? And he's like, hey, man, my name's Donovan Bailey. He goes, you can run, kid. And he was like in high school, yeah. four years later, fastest man in the world. Yeah. And won the 1998 Olympics, yeah. fast line Olympics. And that's the same t- at the time Ben Johnson was in Canada. Ben Johnson was there too. He got yep. done for steroids, yep. you know. So that was the life that I had, you know. And um, I didn't train for athletics too. I never trained once. Just naturally gifted. Bro, I never trained. I never <laughs> went down the track and clocked myself to do it. I just went home. I went hunting. I went swimming. Kicked the ball around, you know. Just natural, just natural. And that was it. Hour. Yeah. And um, so and I just learned to use my speed in, in footy, you know. And that's where the chip and chase came in, you know. Because I knew as soon as the blokes would plant their feet, if I can kick, I was going to blow them. That's what I've done. Mm, right. Hey, that's, that's, that's phenomenal to think that, you know, not only all of what you've achieved in rugby league, but, you know, what could have been. I mean, still pretty phenomenal what oh, you yes. achieve in athletics, but what could have been had yeah. that been your focus? I was, I was, yes, yeah, so I got an invitation to go down to an Institute of Sport. Yep. I live down there so I can go to the next Commonwealth Games. And then when mum and dad sucked me down, I got my head around, I said, Canberra, no, too far. Too cold. Yeah. You know, I've mean, never been there, but I just <laughs> you hear yeah, stories. Seen the pictures of the snow. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. You know, and Tingle was cold enough growing up near <laughs> minus four, minus five. You know, and and then um then it was football. You know, and then then the Knights come in, and, and that's what happened. You know, and um yeah, and uh, I suppose you know the, the rest is history. And then coming yeah. down here, the first the first people I met when I come here, Keith Onslow was like um because growing up me I was watching footy, so my idols of football were Brad Fittler, the Izard brothers. Yep. Alexander Brothers, because Dad put us all on, on the Panthers bandwagon, yeah, you know? Yeah. And we was with the Panthers and, and, and like that. And then after a while, I'd swing back over to the Balmain Tigers and I'd come back, you know? So it was, like, it was <laughs> mainly Penrith Panthers, you know? Yeah. And, and um, so I always wanted to be a Panther, really. Yeah. Sort of, you know, because I, I watched them. And when the Knights come down, I was like, never heard of them, eh? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You flashing the Panthers. I'm, t- I'm right talking back in 90, 93, bro. Yeah, five years in. 93, yeah. 94, like, you know? And then they said, look, we've got Paul Harrigan there and we've got these two young kids coming through the system and in a couple of years we're going to win the comp. And they said, you're going to meet them when you come to Newcastle. So Joe Dunnage's gym at the front of the Marathon Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went in there and they weighed me on the, on the, on the, on the scales, you know. And so the, How much you weigh in the duck there? I was 87 kilos, you're bro. you 15, 16? 50, yeah, 15 at the time. 87 kilos. I ran 110.93. I never touch weights, but I'd squat in from 200 to 250 kilos and bench 100, 130, you know? Yeah, wow. It's no body fat at all. Just, just old, ripped and old. Yeah, so and um, so one, so the first fellow come there, we were waiting there, me and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so waiting in front of the old marathon stadium there, me, Dad, and Keith Onslow. And Keith said, yeah, they'll be here any minute. They'll be here any minute. So this white Ford Falcon comes around the corner. Little chubby bloke down there. It was Matty Johns. Yeah. And, and then this little red Ford laser comes around the corner. <laughs> it was Joey Johns. And I'm thinking, surely you're not going to win a comp with these two ladies. Like, like chubby. And Joey was 19. He was chubby as, you know. And, but, but in saying that, 
their mental stability and the dreams that they had back then was installed into the club, which changed the culture of the whole joint, you know, and then blokes like Billy Peden that I met that day too, you know. So it was Billy, Matty and Joey, the first three blokes that I met at the gym and they showed me around. And um, yep. and then when I come down, I'd, I'd, I'd live with Matty and Trish for a little while at yep. Hampton. Yep. And then um, until I bought it out with Kim and Steve Vassella out of Belmont North for 15 Hope Street there. Then I was out there for 18 months. And then I bought my first house, man. What was it like living with um, Maddie and Trish? Because I know she they, she's got the Italian heritage and that, so you, you would have um, looked after with the feeds, etc. like that. Uh, yeah, what, was an, it, what was her best dish? She, like, um, she is an amazing, amazing woman, Trish. And, um, What's up with a lot of shit? I listened to the Maddie John's podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Podcast, yeah. Did you know those say, boys? I'll leave it at this. under her husband's skin. It's awesome. It's great I'll leave it at this. There's an old saying, it's cliche, beyond every good man is a great woman. Yeah, yeah. That's what Trish Johns is, you know. And no, um, I'm sure she'd love to hear something like that. Oh, yeah, bro. I'll tell you one story, tell you one funny story, though. Yeah. So... I, I, I went into, I went in there, I lived in the unit and went in there and then I, went, I said, Matty, what, why is Trisha's room at the front and your room at the back? Uh, why is, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> I said, nah, Trish comes from a very strictly, strict Catholic background. Yep. The father walks around and makes sure they sleep in a separate beds because uh. <laughs> they weren't married. Because they weren't married. <laughs> and I said, oh, sweet. And he goes, but here, here's a paddle pop. Have some paddle. I said, yes, please. I mean, we're the paddle pop kings, you know. And um, <laughs> But that, yeah, so that, Trisha's Iron Man was full Italian, spoke, you know. Yeah. The language and very strict. And they weren't married at the time. And that was the rules, you know. But I, but I think over time, I can hear a little paddle up the corridor. Maddie's little feet, little 95 kilo feet, paddle up the corridor, <laughs> jump in Trisha's room. But yeah, look. Um, those are the days, you know, and you know, for to 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 meet these guys that were a big part of my life, you know, and then when Joey, you know, the, the life that Joey's had in, in on and off the footy field, and you know, winning the, you know, the play of the World Cup in '95, and you know, like we were, I was just blessed and fortunate to, to come through an era uh, with such, you know, amazing talent, amazing talent, individual talent, individual talent, and back then too, boys, this is the thing. There was only three or four of us that were from out of town. Everyone yeah. was local, bro. So when they played, they played for this town. That's what I mean. It would have been yourself, Robbie. Mate, it was only me, Robbie O. Um, who else? Everyone else was all local boys. Yeah. Played in the local comp now, you know. So any time there was a kick in, they weren't going to chase it. They were going to chase it and double up at marker. Yeah. You know, those were the rules, you know. And when, when you, and the rules back then was that when we train, you win on the paddock. Do you Blokes used to draw blood. On the, on the yeah. field, you know, especially in reserve grade and, and coming through, you know. Do you feel like um, having so many local players in that one team, you could nearly classify everyone as family, everyone knows each other, being in Newcastle. Do you was. feel like in today's game, 2020, I know I'm skipping a bit a bit of time and you, you're seeing blokes like um, Tex Hoy, Lockie Fitzgibbon, Sione Mertia, all South Newcastle juniors. Well, we're, we're feeling like, do you feel like that's a very strong um, characteristic to win, win a competition in the NRL I these th days? I, I think for Newcastle to win another premiership, and I think they're 12 months away from winning another premiership, I think that they've turned the corner and seen some of the local juniors that are here Do you honestly now. Feel, feel like they can yeah, win? Yeah, 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 12 months. Not this year, 12 months. Yep. Um, they're still developing. I think when uh, Frizzell comes and a few other players that are on the books, I think, and we've got a really good coach here now, um, Bedge's in there, head of football. Yeah, that's massive. You yep. know, and um, I just think that in 12 months, you know, the cycle of the club, you know, like, I, I reckon they're 12 months away. Yeah. Yep. In the comp. Yeah. 
when we talk about that culture, mate, obviously, and you said about joining the Knights and you, know, you came through, started to play through the lower grades, 1995, you might jump ahead a little step, 1995, you made your first grade debut against the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, 95, bro. I don't know how your recollections on it are. How'd you find out? How God, was the, the lead-in? Imagine debuting against them. In front of, <laughs> yeah, so the 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 ta- of 30,000 people at the International Sports Bro, 38,000 people. Greatest team I was, ever. In, I was in school. The principal calls me out. And I thought to myself, well, well I'm, I'm not in trouble because I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's know. the first thought. I don't know. I, I'm thinking, oh, what, you know, what's happening? So the principal goes, oh, I want um, um Coaching staff here from the Knights. I said, oh, yeah. So I go down there and they said, oh, you're, you're day burn tomorrow. So I'm a Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday at school, you know. And they said, oh, I said, when am I playing? They said, tomorrow. I said, what do you mean? I'm playing first grade. I said, well, can you ring mum and dad? He said, we told them all they'll be down tomorrow. I said, oh, wow. So I'm, I'm a bit teary-eyed, but at the same time a bit nervous, you know. So I'll go, oh, I'll go straight from school. Straight into training, ball work. So I went, SG ball, bang, straight there. Straight to first grade? Yeah. And then I run out the house with my boots and that little back bag, having a flag on it. And I get into the car and um, I went, oh, stop, shit. Ran back inside. I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm grabbing my footy card. It's Steve Renouf. So after the game tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to get him to sign it. Because <laughs> the Pearl, I wanted to, I wanted to be the Pearl. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wanted to be Steve Renouf, and, oh, and yeah. um, yeah, and, and so then I, you this know, is seventeen years of age, right? Yeah, year year eleven, year twelve. Yeah, yeah, just year eleven. Year eleven. Yeah, at SFX, and then um, and for people out there listening, you're not allowed to debut in the NRL till you're eighteen now. So this is a man who's or kid, sorry, he's in year eleven at school, and at my first bit, house, at his first house, owned it outright, bought the first car from the first Ford Mondeo in the country, Nick Politis got it through because women Wayne Beavis are good mates. So I was, in the roosters, balls, yeah. I was in the Roosters system for a couple of years, for two years going down there before I went to the Knights, you know. Yep. And um, I was, when I was in the Australian schoolboys over there in 95, I thought this Ford Mondeo in England. I said, I want that car. <laughs> I said, I rang up, you know. And I get one. I said, I said Wayne, I just saw this car. I, I want this car. He goes, what do you mean you want this car? I said, oh, it's a Ford Mondeo. He goes, they won't get in the country. But if it's a Ford... I know Nick Politis. So then I paid Rodney Lake to come on the train with me, $100, because $100 notes were fresh yeah. on the scene then. <laughs> and uh, I went the train down, I went to, picked it up from City Ford and he drove it back for me. Because you didn't have your license. I didn't have my oils. I didn't have my oils. Uncle Nick. Didn't even have my oils. I failed 17 times at uh, RTA. <laughs> Did you? 17 times. 17 times. <laughs> me and my mate Andrew Ryan went, and we said, don't read the book. We just went from boom, boom, boom. And after a while, I just had <laughs> photographic memory. I was like, Remember ding, ding, yeah, I got yeah. it. Yeah, so it took me, yeah, so after a while, yeah, so I, um. So you would have been the most popular man in school, having your own joint, a 17-year-old. Own joint, own car that, you know, you need drivers for, mate. Yeah, <laughs> bro, I, I had it, you know, and um, and how that come about was when Super League A Raw come in, you know, I had um, Jeff McCloy and um, Michael O'Connor ring me and Dad and said, listen, meet me over at um, West Leagues Club in the back room. So we went over there and they said, um, I know Chief took a lot of the boys out on the bus. I said, yeah, I was in Tingo, I didn't go. And they said, well, we want you to come to the Super League, but you've got to go to Dunham Mariners. Mm. And if Dunham Mariners shut down, you can go to uh, either Bulldogs, Raiders, Sharks, Broncos, that little Super League comp. And if that all fails, you can go and play for Bradford Bulls or Wigan or in England. And I was like, oh, no, I've just come to Newcastle, man. I've just been here not even 12 months, 18 months, and, you know, at this time too, we just won the... Reserve grade grand final. Yep. So I started that game, mm-hmm. number 14 or 16. 
Yep. And put Robbie Ross on the bench. Robbie Ross ended up going to the Storm, being a cult hero, and played for... Played at the Broncos too, yeah. Broncos, and he played Origin and everything, you know, and... You know, so me and Albie and Gidzy and Johnny Carlaw and Brett and Craig Camorley and brothers, we, yeah. we, you know, and Billy Peden and Stephen Crow and Scotty Conley and Troy Fletcher. Richard Swain on the Richard bench. Richard Swain, you know. That's a fair reserve grade side. Richard Swain and well, Troy Fletcher on the you bench. You know, and, um, to, to, and, and that's a big reason why we won the 97 grand final, you know. And, but, you know, I, they said to me at the time, going back to the story of Super League, they said, um, what do you think you're worth to come over? So I said, I don't know. I just love playing footy. Yeah. No. Nothing here. That's just assignment to Super League. Just the sign-on fee? $200,000. <laughs> me and my mum have tears in their eyes. I've never seen that much money in my life. Yeah, that's crazy. You're, you're still 17 at this point, aren't you? Like, well, I'm in year 11. Yeah, $200,000 even now. And then blokes got feel for me, at, you know, within the club and that because they thought, oh, shit, we went down there and 40, 50 grand and 80 grand and these were representative players that were playing the... ARL at the time of Big Le. And I said, nah. Dad was like, nah, 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 nah. Well, give us time to think about it. Because I said, I don't leave the Knights. Yep. And we'll get back there. John Quayle was the CEO then. So John Quayle rung, rung us up a couple of days later. And I was back in Tinga, come back, done the deal. Walked down to the bank like that. The National Australia Bank down at Bumble yeah. Street, Hamilton. And I bought my first off house off um, Gary Dowling, five in the wrong road, $135,000. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah, three-bedroom house, in-ground pool, two-car garage. And, I only um, buy a block of land for that now, are Yeah, <laughs> and um, I must have owned it four times. Every time I own it, I just go and draw 40, 50 out of and it says this is the best, <laughs> best parties of all time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had that many mates. Oh. I had that many mates and cousins I didn't know of. Things uh, I'd do to be alive back then. You know, and... Um, out of yeah, and then four or five years later, ended up buying three in the wrong road, you know, but at the age of 24, I owned two properties, three and five in the wrong road. Yeah. yeah right. You know, four or five cars, been to 22 countries, I've, you know, I've played at three unbelievable clubs, you know, and and um, and that was the life I had, you know, and at Newcastle, you, you know, I signed a four-year deal, and after 12 months, from Warren Romersey, I left, you know, because I had uh, Wayne Pearce ringing me up, Junior. So, listen, I, I spoke with your manager. I know you went out of Newcastle. Yeah, I can't stand the coach. Warren Ryan, he made racial comments. Mm. I'm out. I don't want to go, but I'm pissed off. I'm angry. Yep. And he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, let me go out and get man to match against the Dragons. My last game, Robbie A's out. I'm fullback. <laughs> I'll sign with you on Monday. That's what I've done. Got man to match against the Dragons, chip and chase. Yep, yep. After the game, Warren Ryan grabbed me by the arm. It was filthy. Absolutely ropeable. Yep. So I put him on show. Yeah. Yeah, he tried to ruin my career. What year was this? Sorry, those were ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, I yeah. remember. I remember the trial. I, I was, and then I, yeah. si I signed with the West Tigers for three years and didn't even tell the Knights. Yeah. And we just said to him at the time, you know, let me go, or I'll just expose the racism in the club. Yeah. It wasn't the whole club. It was one bloke. Yeah, I was going to say, was, was that, that would have been tough, obviously for you. Tough. Mates, I loved this joint. I always loved this joint. They were my the family. Mate, some of these people like my father figures, my brothers, you know, and and it wasn't their fault. Yeah. It's a pretty um. That's a strong thing that you did because I made a talking, talking in the nineties and the thousands and stuff, it wasn't really like a thing for people to stand up and what they believe in and ra racial comments, etc. like that. And we're going this pre internet, pre social media, etc. like that. So you could imagine I did all it these back words, then. Yeah. I did it back then as a kid, back in myself and what I believed in. I didn't have the 
the quality the, the, the life to, yeah. to, to, yeah. to flick onto that Aboriginal and flick it off. I am who I am, you know, and I wear, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And, 100%. you know, I remember wearing Aboriginal flag at the front of Marathon Stadium back in 1995, you know, it took when I dyed my hair. It was 98. I dyed my hair. I'll come back. <laughs> Joey dyed his hair red, and I dyed mine blonde when I'll come back from Noosa. <laughs> I was, when I was that, you know, this, this makes misses and that. And, um, and I had the flag back then because that's who I am. Yep. Yeah, and then Brett Grogan and Leo Denver and Jason Moody and myself were, were culturally strong back then, you know what I mean? And and then you go back to where I played uh, North Sydney Bears and Chris Caruana called me racial comments and I let it go, but then the rest said, no, I want to make a complaint. I said, well, let's do it. So that was the first time in rugby league history that they put in the Anti-Discrimination Act properly because of me. Yeah. And then years later, they took it to another level with Dean Witters. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Brian Fletcher. But me and Chris Cowan and I, we played together at the Rabbitohs, champion bloke. Yep. People say things that don't mean. Yep. Heat of the moment battles, you know. But what, would, what else are you going to do with Chris Cowan? He's playing me, young Owen Craigie, fresh on the scene in the centre, and I'm going to carve him. Yep. He can't beat me with his ability, so he's going to try and out-verbal me. Yeah. And as you say, it's just, you know, quite often an, an uneducated moment. And, That's all. And people say things they don't they mean. They say anything. things they don't mean. Yeah, correct. So. You know, and, um, but, you know, but, but the game's been good to me. I love this game, you know, I mean, it, it, it's... Something that I, you know, and you know, and I've been very blessed and very fortunate to to have that life. And you know, you go back to that '95 Grand Final, you know, like we're warming up in the Sydney Cricket Ground. You know, and it was the first time I've been to the Sydney Cricket Ground. The SCG, they said the Nightshies are down there warming up. You know, because it was, I think it was Bulldog Manly in the in the A grade game. Yep. '95 was yeah, Bronco. Yeah. Bulldogs Canberra was that '96? No, 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 Bulldogs Manly. Bulldogs Manly. Because yeah. Manly, Manly. Lost, one, lost to us. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, um, I'm walking down the sheds and I, I'm walking there and I see this young, oh, no, oh my God, that's Terry Lamb. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Stuff. You know, and I'm walking past and he goes, there you go. And I went, like, oh, shit, he knows, knows my name. He knows your name. <laughs> Imagine that. I'm going, the greatest try scoring half of all time, yeah. Terry Lamb. But so he nobody up, compared to him. Yeah. Like, and he ended yeah. up, he's nicknamed Bar, so Bar coached at the West Tigers, you know? Yep. But you know, the, and the warm up down at the Sydney Cricket Ground, and you warm up in the in the sheds, there and you see legends on the wall like Don Bradman and and, and Brian Lara, all these pictures of all these inter- oh, yeah, you know, international and you warm, yeah. superstars, yeah. And then we're warming up, and we're looking around, and we're just like, "Game on, boys!" Yeah. There's this, there's this Newcastle thinking mode that when we on the other side of the high and we come back to Newcastle, we come back with two points or a premiership, you know. Mm. And that was it, bro. Did you blow them off the park? Twenty-two nil. That was the most successful reserve grade team in history at the time, Sharks. Yeah, we won. We beat them. Yeah, twenty-two nil, I think. And, and as we touched on before, like you run through this team list, you know. So and Owe, oh, I came across it the other day and sent you Send the it to me. Yeah. Owen Craig at fullback, John Carlaw and Darren, Darren Albert on the wings, Groves in the centres, the Kamali brothers, Andrew Tangatatoa, Conley Fletcher, Timmy Madison was a skipper. And how's this bench? As you said, Richard Swain, Robbie Ross, Bill Peden, Matthew Gidley, just to name a few of them on that bench. Like, oh, that is absolutely A reserve phenomenal. grade team. You'll never see a reserve grade team like that ever again. No. Not that goes on from there. And, and that said, the Sharks team was pretty deep as well. A bloke that's got a lot to do with Newcastle still. Russell Richardson was one of their guys on the bench. Rash was on the bench. Yeah, that Dean Treaster, I think, was on the bench as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That was one of the probably deepest reserve grade grand finals we'll ever see. Oh, Brian, you know, like, and, and people think about 97 now, which is fantastic, but you go back then and... Uh, you know, then after that year, 95, you know, they said, well, Owen, you're starting centre this year. We're going to push Jamie Ainsco to the wing or, or, or here or there. But then Ainsley left to go yeah. west or something. Yeah, and then he went to the Dragons after Dragon, that. Yeah. Yep. So I, 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 was, I was, you know, I started there in 96. And then 
So we had that nucleus of young blokes, you know, that we grew up with, we won a comp. So we had that taste. We had the taste of playing in a grand final atmosphere and what the culture was all about. And we seen it and we tasted it and we won the last the last Winfield Cup was ninety five. Yep. I still got the cup. It's like you give you this little medal with a thing and that, yeah. Little cup, whatever it was, and but it was like, yeah, we won up but shit. When you see Manly and the Bulldogs run out, we're like, that's us boys. Yeah. Yeah. We went we went to, we went to Big Shark, we went to Big Fish. And that was us. Two years later. Two years later, coach. Look at them blokes' names on there, you know. We went on to win in 97. But you had a few other names to that. Paul Harrigan. Yep. You know what I mean? Matthew Johns. Andrew, Andrew Johns. Johns. Robbie, o. Robbie o. Davis. How, how was that experience? Obviously, because like, you're out there, that game's going on. The game's in the balance. Um, on that day... What, was it, what side are you playing on? I'm left. Field? You're on the left side. So, yeah. Maddie's, Maddie's hit the field goal. Yeah, hit the field goal. Comes back. I'm popping myself on the left. So I, put, I didn't say nothing to Matty, but if you watch the highlights again, you see me come from a dude's from standing on Tubes' face. Yeah. So what I do from left centre is, because I had, I, had I, I had the rights to roam around. Mal yep. said roam around. So I put myself where Matty could hit me from right to left if he can't pop the field goal. And in my head, I'm going, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. If it comes, I'm ready. But it never came to me. Yep. It went to right. And... and Went to the right, but I'm ready for it, you know. But that's understanding we had as halves of Maddie and that, you know. Like they didn't really say they were going to kick, put along the ground for me, or from your face all this. We just we put ourselves in positions to give our, you know, halves. I think, I think, I think what did. happened is, you know, probably a good example of that, you know. Yeah. Joey's in it dummy half, and he just tells Darren Albert, just you know, stay alive here. But this is it. This is it. What about this, boys? This is the most amazing part of it all. Joey fooled the whole country. <laughs> He passed it to no one on the sideline. Yep. No one was so there. Yeah, yeah, and everyone fell for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and he gave it back to Albie who played the yeah, ball. So yeah. when you stop and think about it, yep. it was a basic little dummy that was – there's no one. Yeah. Because the wingers playing the, the ball. Fatigue's kicked in fatigue's and that's, that's mental. In, yeah. Hey, yeah. But the whole country's like, whoop, yeah. where's he going? It comes back. Goes, Albie, I was watching it the other day for the first time. You know, I haven't watched it the other day first time. Yeah, really? You haven't watched it? I haven't watched it. You know, obviously, seen like obviously I know the result, guys. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, the result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know the result, but I just, I just never watched it, you know. So I'm watching it, and I went, "He's through the no one, <laughs> but he's fooled everyone, yeah, you know." That's the old backyard footy trick, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, one, one on one footy against me, so brother and dummy, and oh, <laughs> dummy <to know. laughs> but this is. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm standing there. I'm going. Manly's got us. I'm 19. I'm very grateful, you know. I'm, I'm blessed to be playing in a grand final. I never playing another one. I'm looking at the atmosphere. I'm smelling the green grass. I'm, you can smell all the food and yeah. the alcohol in the air. And it's a bit windy, and I'm going, "Oh yeah, look, I'm probably going to come second next one." Is yeah. I'm going, I see the white flash just going down the front. I said, "Albie's over here," and then all of a sudden, my knees and my feet, and I just went numb and I didn't collapse. I dropped because I had to stop for a second and and think. Am I dreaming? Yeah. Is it real? Is this shit real? Is yeah. this shit real? I just won a grand final. And not any grand final, but now I look back now and I'm thinking, we didn't win any grand final. We won probably the greatest grand final ever. I went to a Metal League Foundation two years ago. I got invited to go down on behalf of Newcastle Knights and we got third. The number one grand final was the 98 grand final Tigers Raiders. Second was, I think it was Broncos Cowboys, Newcastle third. But over the years, we'll creep up to number one because what people don't realise is this. Yeah, we won the grand final, but we saved the game rugby league in this country. 
We didn't win that hundred marathon in town with a fat checkbook, bros. We were gone. Yeah. Rugby league heartland kept alive with it. Yeah. I'm telling you, I mean, we, we just didn't win a grand final. Yeah, we saved the game. We saved the game, bro. Yeah, you get goosebumps thinking about that. We it's saved crazy. the game of rugby league. You know what I mean? Because if we lost and we didn't go home, so that was our mentality. Chief was on the bus, you know, the night before we had a meeting, going around, sitting in the room. So I remember Duke, see? I remember Adam McDougall. And Duke just get the chairs out, tables, bigger, faster, stronger, go, go, go. He's around Sailor. He's around this and that. That's what Duke used to do. He had amazing tunnel vision. Yeah. He had ma- amazing insight. And if you didn't know him, then you think, man, he's weird. He's left field. As you say, we've seen all the videos of him talking to his legs. and. But now, man, it's, it's big. All that stuff now is big in the game. They teach yep. you that now. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. They teach you know what I mean? They teach you, but Doug's had it. And I used to be just laying there just eating club sandwiches and milkshakes. Yeah, because it was Princess Diana's funeral at the time. I'm sitting at the end of the bed and I'm like, I'm gutted. Doug's like, what's wrong with you? I said, man, Princess Diana. <laughs> so she's gone. It's a funeral. He goes, don't matter. I've got a grand final. Mark. But I'm more upset with my mum because in my house growing up, mum had pictures of Princess Diana. Yep. Elvis Presley and James Dean. Yeah, right. I've never known them, but I've, I've grown up on <laughs> the wall. So you grew in attachment. Yeah, to but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then I'm laying there, and, you know, and then um, Club Sam just come and sit there, and the phone rings. He goes, Owen, come down to the conference room. We're going to have a quick chat. He said, right, I'm out. Coming down. Dogs, we've got to go. So we're all in the lift. We're talking, and we're like, what's it about? What are we talking about? So at this stage, you're not four because you're a bit jitty, a bit nervous. You're thinking about what I'm thinking about is my life, my childhood growing up in Tinga playing footy, the life that I've had, um, whatever, whatever, you know. And this is Mal, Mal. I'm telling you now, man, Malcolm Riley is, you know, you watch the, the last dance with the Chicago Bulls, yeah. Phil Jackson, and, and you watch Vince Lombardi, and, and you, you watch Wayne Bennett, and you look at people and go, oh, he's an amazing coach. No, 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 no. They're amazing people. They are father figures. Yep. They are leaders. You know what I mean? So they didn't teach Owen Craigie how to score a try or chip and chase or hit his whole or step. They taught Owen Craigie how to be a better person. Yeah. Have a dig. Get in there. Work on what works best and less than what doesn't. Be better players. Be better people off the field to be better players the on man, the field. Man, the, manager. The, all, yeah. all great the Mal spoke. No one else spoke. You know what I mean? The Mal spoke. No one else spoke. I was very lucky to have um, Malcolm. He came to one of our South Newcastle training sessions. It was back in the country, or 2018 season, and he he had a bit of a give us like a 15, 20 minute speech just before training. Yeah, can you imagine local local league of five different grades, all different ages? And usually every time it comes, someone's taking the piss and laughing. But as soon as Malcolm really spoke, it was just an, something special about it. It was just no one said a word. You could hear a pin drop, and you hear that stereotypical saying anywhere but honestly no one said anything in this yes. whatever he come out of his mouth he had everyone by mate a legend you know the most capped pommy play all time and probably the dirtiest of all time too yeah, I reckon but I'm, I'm at, I'm at, I get back to England again boys go back you know like in 995 with the Australian schoolboy tour they say we're going to watch Halifax Blue Sox play uh, London Broncos in London so I walk, oh, we go get off the bus we walk in and we watch this game and they said, oh, after the game, we're going to go and meet the players from both teams. So the London Broncos played and Halifax beat them. So I'm going in the sheds and I see this little little dark fella throwing stuff, swearing, abusing other players from the London Broncos. Ah, oh, he's a shit. We lost to them. And I'm sitting there going, oh, 
What is this? When I first looked at him, I thought he was either Pop New Guinean or I don't know. It was Leo Denver. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the coach for Halifax was Malcolm Riley. Yeah, right. It's amazing how that. So this is how yeah. this is how Leo come to the Bronx uh, the night when Joey got injured. Yep. Because Malcolm Riley come out here and knew that Leo at that time was carving him up in the English Super League playing with the London Broncos. So he said, oh, I'm signed a kid from England called Leo Denver. And I knew of Leo. And then when Leo came to train him, man, it was game over. We won 17, 18 games in a row. He was a super freak. So you didn't make the grand final without him. That's no. You know, and he, 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 when he took off from where Joey was. He, he was a phenomenal talent. I remember seeing him in a local league, even in sort of 2005, six yeah. when I was refereeing. He was finishing up with the Bay and... On his day, if he he's one of those guys too. You could typical he, he, he just cheeky. He's a leader. And that's what you want in a halfback. You go through the motions almost, and all of a sudden you just see him just go. It was like he just decided right now's the time to go, and like mm. he keep the other side in the game almost. Fifteen twenty to go, he just go bang bang. You know, he had a few good back rows outside him centers, just bang boom. And his first game was at North Sydney Oval. Yep. And he wore his Asics, and they were red. I had blue, dark blue. Yep. His were red. He looked like. Michael Jackson on the dance floor. <laughs> and I said, gee, I hope he can play. I hope he backs it all up. First touch of the ball, he scores. Yep. We all look around, we go, we on, boys. Yep, it's on. He can play this fella. So, talking back with the 97 grand final, right? Yeah. Newcastle Knights' first premiership. You see, Newcastle Knights, they haven't won a premiership before in the ARL. You do that. You win 95, 97, comes around. You hear all the stories from Matty Johns and Joey Johns are you talking about going back on the highway back and people are trying to jump inside the car and stuff. Bro, What's hectic. the Owen Craigie story? What can you tell us? That well, I'll go back to the main tour first and I'll tee the yeah. trip home. So we go to the, so we all land in the room. We're sitting in a room like this, right? Yep. And in the conference room there. We stayed at, um, oh, where was it? In North Sydney there, the ridges in North Sydney. No, sorry, a lot here. We started at Coogee. Yep, yep. Coogee, my tour on Coogee. Because me and Dugas room were facing the water, you know, and um, we sit, we sit, we're sitting down there and we sat around him. We're all nervous. You could hear a pin drop in the room. The chief starts speaking. He goes, um, "Right, boys, we're just going to have a chat about what tomorrow means to you, you know, with um, with, with the game and that." And so we'll start with number one and go all the way around and go back to the st- coaching staff. So Robbie O starts first. He goes, "Oh, boys, you know, I'll come down from Toowoomba and I've been here for such and such years and." You know, and this is what it means to me, and you know, you're getting a bit emotional, and it goes across the down Albert, and you know, the yellowfin tuna we call him Albert. You know, he's <laughs> can tune anything else, you know, and um, we <laughs> we he starts talking. No, he's young, so we're not we're not really emotional because we're young. You know what I mean? But we're talking about when it gets to the blokes, then you know, number three goes to Mark Hughes. You know, come out from Curry. Boozy's only been in the comp for two years. They pulled him out of local comp. Curry, two months before that, yeah, you know. Curry, yeah. Then it comes to me, you know, and I said, yeah, I'm a young from Tinga, and all oh, this is what it means to me, bar, bar. And goes to Dugs, and it comes to Matty Johns. Matty's tearing up, crying. You know? And everyone's silent because it took these blokes a, a long time to get out what they felt and what it meant to them because yeah. they've been here since 88. They're local boys. That, that, you know what I mean? Living in a Hunter and being a Nova Castrian. You know, it's, it means the world to them, you know, and, and we're tearing up. Yeah. When it comes to Joey, you know, and at this stage, you know, and 
Gary was renowned for the 40-20s, his spiral passes, his banana kicks. He was 95 world player, cap, mm. 96 come out and he played, capped all these things and everyone's tearing up, you know, then go to Lee Jackson. You know, he was, he was hooker than Jacko. And, but then when it comes to the big boy bar, come the Chief, Tony Butterfield, Mark Lamble, the whole room's in tears. Then all of a sudden, when we feed up, you just go, fuck. Far out. This is it, man. We're going to war. And I'm going to war with the people I love and respect the most. They're my leaders. I can't let Chief down. I can't let Butsy down. Or MG. Or Maddie. Or Joey. This is it. I'm a boy from Tinga. You know, and I always say, you know, I'm like a... I'm the drummer of Coldplay that no one really knows in the background, but I get, <laughs> to, but I get to see everything, bruh. Yep. Yeah. I'm a kid, and um, and it goes around to Billy Peden, and it comes to Malcolm Riley and the coach and stuff. And then the last word the chief said, you know, he said, "We're not going home without the trophy. Sleep on that." So I go into the fucking room. I eat my cold club sandwich. <laughs> no joke. So I go back to the room. I'm laying there and I'm just dreaming. I've got adrenaline going from my bones and body, bruh. Like, you can't believe. I want to play now. And then when the next day comes, no one says nothing. We have breakfast. Strap and get all your stuff done at the, at the hotel and we're getting on the bus. And no one says boo to each other, bruh. No one's even talking. On the bus because everyone's in the zone. Everyone's like full in that. People talk about tunnel vision in the zone. I'm talking about when I get to the 20, 30, and 40, and I get one on one material, I'm going to step him left, I'm going to pop out, put dogs, I'm going to chip. Uh, and, and I'm visualizing his body language. And I'm visualizing the way the game's going to go for me. And when it gets down, because for that split second, you know what I mean? For that little inch, I want to be on song. You know, and Probably the quietest game I had all year that year because it was more of a defensive game against. You know, I'm, I'm a schoolboy playing the best centre in the world, Terry Hill. Yep. You know, if I'm not playing Terry Hill, I'm playing Jared McCracken. If it wasn't Jared McCracken, it was Ruben Wicky. If it wasn't Ruben Wicky, it was Steve Renouf. You know what I mean? Mm. It wasn't Steve Renouf, it was. Yeah, classic, classic. I couldn't play a rep side. Yeah. You know I, mean? I couldn't make a rep team. These boys were superstars. Yeah. I had their footy cards too, you know, like I had most of the cards and that. So I was saying, Steve Renouf was the king, you know, but. And then we get on, we go to the game. I remember jumping off the bus, and cars, we get off the bus, and all we can hear is the chant Newcastle at the Sydney Footy Stadium. And then this hair just stands up on your whole body. <laughs> and I'm just going, fuck. I'm in the zone now, baby. I'm not talking or looking at anyone walking in them sheds. We get in the shed, and this is why Malcolm really is good. We get into the dressing sheds and we walk in. We're on the left, we're in the left side. <laughs> we walk in and they're splitting two in, inside. You know, one's got showers and this one, but you get where you get dressed on this side. And all our names, there's pictures and, and names up there. And I look at my, I look at my, um, my locker and I see this yellow A4 note. We all got notes on our locker. And this is one thing I don't think none of the boys in the 97 ever speak about this, but I remember it. We all got notes and letters. And I went, oh, fucking Mal, what's he done? He's got me here. I'm already going to die for him, take a bullet for him. So he took us from here to here. Here's a letter written by my nan and pop, what today means to them. 
and my family back home. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome, Mark. Just such a. I didn't even know. Didn't yeah. Like we hear all the stereotypical stories. We didn't even know I, any I of this. I pull it yeah. down. I'm, I'm I'm reading it. I'm that emotional. I'm that pumped up. I've got that much adrenaline go through me, and I'm reading this. Puts you in another level again. I've got tears coming out my eyes, but I'm not crying. The tears of joy. I said, fuck this, bro. We winning this motherfucker today. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We on. And fucking oath we did too, didn't we? We on, bro. We on <laughs> we like did. Donkey Kong. Yeah. That's why we fought to the death. Yep. We fought Literally to way beyond the fat lady singing, bro. Yeah. We played to the 94th. We, because we... Nothing left. Nothing left, because... And, <laughs> and after the game... The manly officials were saying, no, nah, there must have been, there's rumours going around on Newcastle on the steroids and they had enhancements because no team has ever come back and beat Manly like that ever and they were whinging and complaining. This is a rumours year and I'm going, yeah. shush, game over, bro, we won. You were, no one was going to beat us. Kiss yeah. the ring, baby. We won, we, you know, <laughs> and then um, we just, it's a, you know, and that's, that's, and that's why now, we, you know, when you get to such a peak, such a level, when you're good players and you win so many comps, that's why Melbourne is so good. That's why Thurston and Joey and these players are—they become immortal. That's why immortals become immortals because over the years, when they become successful, they judge body languages of other teams and other players. So they got you. Yeah. You play them in a game of chess, they, they, you know, they kill you. They got a poker face because yeah. when you're at the highest level, so that day we were there, bro. And that's when like ninety the ninety-eight come along, and we thought we were going to go back to back ninety-eight because we won red hot, man. 99, and I knew that we were going to win another comp. Yep. And that's why I didn't want to leave, but I left because of Warren Ryan, you know. But And then on the way home on the bus, you know, we we pull up at the pub just down the road and we got loaded up with all the grog, you know, with all the bus and that. We were drinking and holding a trophy and that. And um, we got onto the highway. We got onto the highway just off Sydney. You know, Sydney getting yep. the first we're highway. There, yep. we're, we're all tears in our eyes, bro, on both sides of the highway. From there... To the roundabout walls in, yep. to the workers' club, cause it was like I can't explain it. On both sides of the road, bro, nice flags, beeping horn, cheering, people crying, holding their kids up. We just didn't win a game of footy, bro. We changed people's lives. Yeah, definitely. Back in this town was BHP, and coal miners, and wolfies. We it's played for them. Tough times as well. Just tough after time, the, the, the Newcastle BHP earthquake. shut down. Um, BHP, BHP shut, shut down. down. People lost their jobs. And then we had the, you know, the two sides, as you said. And yeah, you know, I remember being a footy training and yeah, BHP boss, whoever it was, said, oh, come, we own houses at camp. Can anyone want to buy them? Because BHP shutting down. I'm like, no way. Should I? We're worth a stack now. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, But people lost their jobs. Families lost, you know, marriages broke down. You know, like the ripple effect from that, you know, and that's why Chief and that, like, we just didn't play the game of footy just to win, bro. We played for the heart of this city, for the people of this city, for the battlers, you know, and for, for, for the people that were going for a lot of stuff. And that's what rugby league does. It gives yeah. people hope. And we just proved that day we give them hope, yeah. you know. And it, it was all I am. And we were just like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> we are like, coming back there. What's your name? Then we get a phone call. Someone on the bus said, you're not going to believe it. Shut the city down. And we're like, what for? Well, didn't realize. Didn't realize the impact. Yeah. Bro. We get to, um, we get to the roundabout at Walls End. Stop. At this time, I'm charged up, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm I'm with um Jack Newton's or there, Chris Newton, see? 
Joe, we're all there charging on. Coppers come, knock on the door. Right, we're going to escort you in. I said, sweet. Me and Joey get off. We're, sur <laughs> we're surf cars. riding the cop cars <laughs> for about 30, 40 metres up <laughs> from the roundabout to the petrol station. Yeah, the only little stretch, yep. you know. Run back on. Because it was like, we're at the key to the city, baby. You know, we're yeah. like, this is, this is hectic. Next thing you know, is like, fuck's that? Helicopters. There's helicopters flying around. And they're saying the city's packed. So we get to near Hamilton. Then we get up through Hammer, and next thing, bro, it's just like, just people are just packed, slapping the side of the windows on the, oh, not the window, but the side of the bus, tapping it. And we come through Lambton, bro. We come through Lambton, and where my house is, we're on the left near the Caltex petrol station. I look in the, on the sign, and something said, Look, here's my little brother crying, holding a night flag. Going in, I was like, Fuck. You know? Mm. I'm going, what the fuck? So we get in there and it was packed, cuz. It was a whole new level. And from that day, we saved the game of rugby league in this country because John Rebo and, you know, all the Super League guys had a checkbook bigger than Ben Hur yeah. to buy this competition. You know? And then we. We won it, man, and we went on a two-day drinking, a uh, two-week drinking spree. Yeah, two-week drinking spree, bro. I was like, who carried on the most, Joey? Oh, we all carried on. Yeah, Joey's the king of carry on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but no, we, we all, we all, we all, you know, we. Do you remember the celebrations, or was it just? Oh, bits and pieces. That's probably the best thing about it. Not remember. I, me I remember the fact we all jumped into the harbour at the brewery. <laughs> And we all walked straight back into the brewery, soaking wet, started drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we all had to make sure our rings didn't slip off when we jumped in the yeah. in the harbour. You know? Yeah. I remember doing that. I remember going to um, they call it the zoo down at the Brewery oh, Hotel. We were there. That's my local. Yeah, we were there. Uh, we were yeah, man, I got black blackouts. But you know, we were what? drinking at the workers' club for like a day and a bit. It blows me away still. Is this is literally six and a half, seven years removed from your first ever time to play in any sort of organised footy? Like, yeah. How phenomenal is that the end of things? Like, how quickly that came around? Oh, that's well, crazy. But time I was 19, I had two houses, premiership, two premierships, been in so many countries. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a boy from a population of 300, a three bedroom house, eldest of seven kids. It's phenomenal, mate. And then, so, being on such a high for so long, and then. Having that incident when you and you moved to the Tigers in two thousand. Yes, the Tigers. Yes, I went to Tigers. And then, what, what was that like going going such a high and then going from like the Tigers to South Sydney and obviously going from the penthouse down to the bottom. I wouldn't because you obviously it wasn't very successful years. I've got um, no, Tigers no. Um, in two thousand. You come tenth. And then we won our first nine games. That was it was, it was oh, a really? highlight there. Better red eye team. So you, so you, won, you won your first nine. First nine and games. And then you end up missing out on the eight by two. And then 2001, yeah. come 12th out of 14 teams. Yeah, so each club's got their own culture and they play for different reasons, you know. Everyone wants to win a comp, but, you know, when you go to certain clubs, I couldn't work out why they weren't doing what we done at Newcastle. You know, I was the laziest trainer ever, but I worked, <laughs> on, I worked, on, my, worked on my skills. I worked on my speed still. And Malcolm taught me to work more on what works and less than what doesn't. Yep. And what, what I need to contribute to the team. That's a good coach. To double down on your strength. Yeah, you know, big time. And I couldn't, you know, so I went to the Tigers and, and I thought, oh, Wayne Pierce, how good is that, you know? So I go, to, I go down there and I sign with um, 
Tiger, so when I go down there, the first people I meet is Dawn Fraser. She's a Balmain girl, Dawn yep. Fraser. And, yeah, yeah. Um, junior. And then over time, you know, we met people like Renee Rifkin. Remember Renee Rifkin? We used to party on his yeah. boat. We used to go down to Neville Close, jump on his $5 million yacht, had a helicopter on top, gym, suede walls, everything. We party around the harbour, just going, Shh, how good is this? Piece of Newcastle lava. First going out of Fanny's in the castle. He's swimming outside the brewery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, what's going on here? So we go down party with Renee Rifkin and that. Playboy lifestyle. Wow, I'm telling you. So my focus wasn't really football. No. I'm enjoying the life. Yep. That's what I did. I shouldn't have, but... Easy that, to get swept up. It was easy, bro. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, uh, we, we get off the boat, we get off the $5 million cruiser, full cruise, and we go down to a place called Establishment in George Street. Yep. We party in there and having a few drinks, and then all of a sudden, you know, we... And at this time, Harry Triggerboff, you know Harry Triggerboff? Yeah, and it's Merton Apartments, okay. yeah, yeah. Harry Trigboff used to fly to in helicopter to the games at Leichhardt Oval and out of Campbelltown, you know. He lived in Burwood in a $40 million house. Harry come to this country with like three or four bucks, his mum and dad, you know. Now he owns yeah, the biggest right. real estate portfolio in the land, you know. This is people that you meet, you know. And you're in there warming up playing for the West Tigers. You had Harry Trigboff and Dawn Fraser and and the old fellow boxer, old fellow ledge. Yeah. You know, and you're a block of roach and... You know, Wayne Pierce, and you meet blokes like Gary Jacks, so, uh, the, the household names, you know. And But then the team I played with at the time, too, bro, Matty Sears, fullback, Terry Hill, centre, me centre, Hoppy Wada centre, you know, um, Kevin, Ken McGuinness on the other wing, uh, Craig Field, you know, Steve Dorjalis, um, Jared McCracken, you know what I mean? Like, we had a, red, we had a good side, bro. Yep. We won our first nice. nine games. We thought we were going to win the comp. Well, we never, you know, and then the following year I, I done my knee one game and then the following day after that and then I was actually going to retire after the second year West Tigers, so I come home. Then, 2000, end of 2001 well, season. Yeah, yeah, I was going to retire. I was only like 23, 24. I was going to retire. I said, Dad, I'm done. Just body had enough burn mental. mental burn Been out. doing pre-season since 16. Yeah, you know, missing out on schoolies, trips with friends and missing out on my childhood, like, you know, because I didn't really have a normal teenage yeah. life. I couldn't go to parties at schools in Newcastle. I had to play footy, yeah. you know. I had to play SFX on a Friday, and then Saturday play NRL. So I was playing schoolboy football <laughs> and NRL at the same time. Crazy, isn't it? You know, and then um, so that's what happened, bro. And then, you know, then Georgie Pickens ring me, and I'm like, well, Nana Pop, all the family has rabbits. George was like, oh, I want you to come down, and meet me and Nolene, come down and have a chat, and uh, Craig Coleman's going to be the coach. I want you to come. I said, man, George, I've been watching the news. The Rabbit's coming back in the comp. He goes, we're in. I said, done. Yeah. I'll come. So I signed two or three years there and... Um, oh, two, oh, three, oh, four. I've got yeah, yeah, down yeah. Here. And yeah. I captained him for a couple of games. You know, it was a whole lot of my life, you know, because I think I was like second year Aboriginal captain in the history of... I think Eric Simmons was the first. Yeah. Or, or I was like third or fourth, something like that. So it was a big holiday for me, you know, and play for the Bunnies, you know, coming into comp, you know. So I was down there for a while. Look... Then going to the bunnies was a whole new different thing, you know, didn't you? Then the young man blokes like Russell Crowe. And he's got a handful of celebrity mates too, you know, and Rusty loves his footy, you know, and we used to fly a slice up to Nana Glen and have a, you know, have a, have a party and a few drinks up there, the whole team. I just fly us up on a jet and pick us up and we're drinking at Nana Glen, you know. He's got 20, 30 black Harley Davidsons and all these rally cars and he's got the best DJ in Sydney in one tent. He's got all the food in one tent. We've got alcohol in another and we're just going... Yeah, the boys, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, going from 
the Knights and you at the winning mentality, the Tigers and the Rabbits, and I've got here 02, second last, yeah, 03, got... 04, the wooden spoon. Yeah, made some good soups with the spoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, was that, a, like, I, I know you said your captain in the club was captain in South Sydney, was a very special moment, but was was that hard? Hard to swallow. Lo- hard to swallow, losing losing all those games, and just the, was the partying and the drinking kind of just like a way to ex- Way to escape the losing yeah. side of them, footy, etc., like that. Well, yeah, look, it, it was a bit of doing that too, but you got to understand too, like we'd lose for three years at the Rabbitohs and you'd go back to the Leeds Club and there'd be thousands of supporters there after a loss. Yeah. I couldn't work it out. I, for the life of me, I was like, it's like we won the comp. Yeah. But them f- supporters down in the heart of Redfern and, and in the city, Lee man. Red and green. Mate, you, you've, you know, like, it's just different, you know, and um, mm. it's the people's team, you know. And it really is, and I loved it there. I love, you know, every club I've been at, I love so much, you know. And but the Rabbitohs, they've got, and to see them again win the comp, you know, something amazing. But you know, like I still had, I captain when Brian Fletcher got out, I captain a few games, you know. And I remember when the, I remember when they were playing there one time, and they said, "We got this player coming on. I want you to meet him." I said, "What's his name?" I said, "Fooey Fooey Moy Moy." Yeah, right. I said, "Fooey f- what?" Fooey, fooey, moi, moi. Thought he had a stutter. <laughs> yeah, and I said, it's fooey, fooey, moi, moi from Wagga Wagga, the leads, couscous. I don't know, we just made a little joke, but he come, come to training and he was a tank, bro. I only just got your couscous joke, man, that was good. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, he, 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 he come and we're like, we've got all these wraps on him. And then he walks off after the first 10 minutes of training at Erskineville Oval. And he's sweating and he's puffing, you know. And then oh, we're like, fooey. What are you doing? He goes, before we play 10 minutes, before we train 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, but he ended up going on to play for power and being a superstar, Fui, you know? Yeah. Cult hero over in the UK too. Cult hero, brother. Yeah, you know, that, and that's, um, that's a life I had, boys, you know? Like, I'm grateful for the life that I had, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Then Jumped in quickly, uh, obviously went over to Lee as well. Yeah, yeah, I went, no, I went over to Witness. Oh, sorry, Witness, sorry, it was. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Vikings, 15 games. 15 games, signed three years, lasted 11, 11 months, I've come home, I said, I'm done. Yep. 26, 25, 25. Don't blame you, too cold. Too cold. <laughs> oh, my body was gone. You know, but over there, you know, like that club, X-Ball champs, beat the Raiders, Ellery Anley, Jonathan Daly, Martin Fire, Some great names Sammy there. Stewart. Um, they all were there, you know, so it was a highlight for me. But when I went there, you know, like, to play with the most capped English player of all time, Gary Connolly, you know, and and these boys that come from Wigan, you know, it was, it was pretty special. But, yeah, I, I was done. Met me physically and spiritually, I was burnt out. Yep. And it's funny, you know, like, I, I retired at 25, 26, and then you get Cody Walker that comes out and debuts at 26 and plays Origin. Crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. People debut now at that age that I retired. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the life I had, boys. And, you know, I've got to meet a lot of really good people over time, but the game, you know, I love the game now. And I think, you know, like... Well, you've given back to it by playing in your, playing the local community clubs yeah. and such like that. Like, um, I think Chris has got all the clubs you pay for, mate. I can't keep up with your career playing with that too. Yeah, much. I think I played a couple of games. At the, I only went, only went out to Raymond Terrace with PJ Ellis and played, so I went out there and I, I played three or four yeah. games. I played at Raymond Terrace. You don't, want to, you don't have a run with Seattle this year, do you? No, nah, I went to Southall <laughs> pre-season and I, I was just like... I Who was coaching at the time, like, It was like my my mind wanted to play, but my heart didn't want to do it, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
And then I went up to Charleston, and then I'd come in and I'd come out, and then I'd think, oh, let me just test myself. And who, who was coaching you when you were over at Charleston there? God, I don't know. It wasn't when Paulie was. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 no. Paulie Davis was there. Yeah, no, I don't know who. The, I didn't know who the coaches were. I never went to trainers. So I didn't know who the coaches were. <laughs> you said you weren't a great trainer, so. <laughs> that's um, that's nothing difficult to any other local players out there anyway. <laughs> but I you know what I mean? Changed, I just bro. rocked up and had a run. You nothing's know, like, changed. I think I went up and played a trial game in Singleton one time. And that's I how you make first grade in the local comp. Don't go to train and get a run oh, in first grade. you've done wrong. You've been going to train. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah you've done the wrong thing. <laughs> Only losers train. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to the kids. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, like, and, you know, I played with a local comp and that, and, you know, and then I went out and played uh, Maryland captain coach, yeah. you know. So yeah, I when I went that. to Maryland, prior to that, I didn't touch a footy for six years. Yeah, right. Didn't even watch a game. Yeah. For six years. I was at, uh, Changes massively over that short amount of time. I went to Gloria well. Jeans one day and I ordered. Uh, I went down there and got a, uh, <laughs> this coffee I used to drink. And this bloke goes, "How you going?" I said, "Good." Go, you don't want to put the boots on? I said, "Nah." I said, "How you going anyway? What's your name?" He goes, oh, "I'm Brucey Austin." Oh, Bruce. I said, "Oh yeah." What do you do? He goes, "I'm a landscape and business, and I'm back in. Ch- I'm in charge of the Maryland." Oh, said, yeah. If you want to play, let me know. So I go home, at this stage I'm 34. Yeah, right. 34, 34. bro. Haven't touched the ball in six years. Haven't been to a local game or any watched any NRL on TV. I thought, why not? What do you have to lose? Challenge. Yeah. We went out there. We were getting like four or five blokes to training. <laughs> and they said, oh, I don't think anyone will come back. I said, oh, who cares? I've got nothing to lose. We'll see what happens. So we ended up training. All of a sudden, bro, we could have filled two teams. We went. We won the first year in 2013 or 12. We went back to back and load comp, bro. Yeah. We could have won three or four comps. Yeah, I remember you had a cast of bills. I remember that stage is when we first got to know each other through uh, the great Pete Shields' gym. And yeah. you got me to come down and referee a, a contact session. Trying to make you had a cast of thousands. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, um, and, and it wasn't about teaching blokes to, to win. It was just teaching them just to do the basics, man. Do this and do that, you know, went back to back, you know, and they'd pull crowds out there, like that little caravan on the hills just run out of grog in the first half. Used to be a very pull hundreds. Uh, crazy place to go as a visiting visiting player oh. when I was at Cardiff. Yeah. Well, I mean oh, I remember I was like deliverance. I was back when I used to rep there. <laughs> I got touching the line out there and um when I wore the pink jersey for a couple of years when I was fourteen, fifteen and I never come out the same there. <laughs> oh my scared, it's, scared. It's, a, it's a learning curve for a young kid on that hill. Oh, I'm still having nightmares. I remember the I remember the dead ball line. I don't know. They, he used to go up the hill like you had the yep. clubhouse there. Yeah, and you run straight so into the drunks could, in the corner. <laughs> you could run. You could run with your. You'd be running out with empty cans on the back of your neck, and then you'd, I, I, I used to. That's how I used to kick to that corner every time we played a game. What yep. wouldn't you? Make bring it out of there. So if you're a fullback and a winger, you're running into the crowd. You're going to get abused. You know what I mean, and, <laughs> and carry on and whatever. But yeah, but yeah, we had some good Mentally years there, back to back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and mate, um, something, and, and we'll, we'll wrap up soon because I'm very aware of, of your time, mate. Uh, obviously, that Barry Tui podcast you talked about some real difficulties post all yeah. that footballing career that yeah. you've gone through, and, and now I guess give us a bit of a, a rundown of, of what happened and, and what you're doing now because I know you're doing a lot of positive stuff. Now. Yeah. So look, over the years of the lifestyle that I had, you know, like I, I've dealt with a lot and, and, and a few things happened in my life and that, but you know, like I. I um just with drinking and a few of the addictions that I've had over the years and you know, I've got it sorted and addressed now and you know, I'm in a better place than I was, you know, twelve months, two years ago and yeah. Um but I'm going through a divorce now and um I I'm, I can accept that and, and live with that, you know, and it's and it's been heavily me 
in the media, in my divorce, in the AVO stuff. And this is one thing I'm going to clear up too. I've never hit or bashed or done anything to my ex-missus at all. Yep. Never. It was a verbal, verbal argument. And when the police take it in their hands, they classify it as, a, as DV. So now I'm, ca- I'm, I'm in the same category as people that have actually physically or hit women. And I love women. Yep. The, inf- the most influential people in my life is my mother and grandmother, you know. And I've got a daughter, and, I, and I've never hit a woman. I would never do that. But when the relationship's toxic, and one party falls out of love, and and there's kids involved, it gets very nasty, bro. You know, it doesn't and help when um, doesn't yeah, help. The, 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 media, the media get all of it. You know, and that's, um, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you something. I'll tell you what happened, bro. And, and when the police first put the AVO on me, you know, like I was like, this is a joke. This is a g up. And my ex missus was crying. Like she said, I didn't want to charge you on, yeah. on this and that. And I said, well, I can't speak to you no more. You know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, I, you know, couldn't see the kids. And it wasn't because of the police enough. It's just that, you know, like... That's the rules. Yeah, yeah like she, she was just... She just didn't want me to see them. And, but at the end of the day, brother, it is what it is. I'm happy now. I'm, I'm healthy. And, you know, I'll get to see the kids in there. My son plays at Valentine, you know. and the Devils, is it? Yeah. Yeah, right. they're under 10s, you know. And my other boy's um, in the West Tigers system down there. And I had Parramatta on the Bulldogs. He plays fullback 5'8". Jesse Owen, name. So, you know, he's going to be a young gun... Look you out know. for him. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and my daughter, bro, she's out by my eye. You know, she's she's my little diamond, bro. And look, I, I'm quite sure she'll play. She loves her footy, man. Just so had a birthday the other day. I saw her on Facebook. She's nine, bro. My Just baby girl, nine. she's nine. You know, and you know, I run every day now. I exercise because I choose to give myself a better life. You know, and when I say chase the energy, chase the energy. And people go, "What is it?" Well, chase the energy is about this, bro. It's like recharging your phone for an hour. Why can't we, as human beings, give ourselves a chance to get well and chase our own energy? Go out there and exercise, burn off the bad energy and do it. You know, I don't want to run. I've got two bad knees, bad hip. Mate, I just, I just yeah, got diagnosed with bipolar like Joey Johns and everyone else. But, yeah. but you know what? I give myself a chance to chase the sun of a yeah. morning and chase it of an RV. And it's for free. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know There's I've no medicine that can fix people, you know, mentally, physically or spiritually. You got me out the other morning, mate, and there's nothing better than it. Just a nice, well, we had a run. We, we busted our ass for a little bit, then we had a chat for a bit. Then yeah, we you know, like, look at me today, boys. I just ran 16K. Your machine. I went from over stairs at the end of the break wall, come back down through Darwin Street and back, you know. And people think, oh, why now? Because life's different now. Life's different now. I meet people who hit me up on social media and I train we've never met before. Yep. Doctors, lawyers, dentists, firemen, whatever. They all go through a tough time through a trauma yeah. or a breakup or a relationship. And what do they run to? You know what I mean? Because yep. medication can't fix it. And if you stay in a toxic relationship, you're going to be even more unwell. You're not giving yourself a chance to be happy. We all deserve to be happy. So if I can help someone, you know, I'm living proof. Yeah, I'm living proof that you can change your life if you wanna. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you said to me that morning we're out, mate. Uh, you talked about it and you said, you know, what better addiction is there than this? Like Just the addiction to getting up, but we're running across that end, that walk. Right. Not a better place in the world to be. And you get up at six in the morning and watch the sun come up, and there's a hundred, two, three hundred people walking along there, and you just go, "This is living." Yeah, I should get home at this time. It's a good view, and the um the beach doesn't look too bad either. It's up the best in It's the best gym in the world, cause yeah. you know, like you don't have to pay a personal trainer because everyone that's along that stretch is active. I tell yeah. you what, I tell you what, though, Dan, you go along there with O, and uh, mate, there's more people along there that know him than don't. Everyone's, you know, I reckon some of them know who you are from the footy days. Some of them know because they yeah, whatever, yeah, 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 just, yeah. I know the morning we went out, mate. There's celebrities, there's plenty too. We had the UFC boys out there. Yeah, yeah, bam, any, bam, um, any single 25 year old females, I might come up and hang, I'll, 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 hang, you. I'll hang up, I'll hang off yeah, your yeah. head, put me, oh. in the, put me in the hole. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying away from women, bro, but they were there for you. <laughs> mate, obviously, you. I'm having a relationship with myself first. Yeah, right, yeah, right. But yeah, no, that's it, and that's the life I had, you know, and you know, I'm. 
at the moment talking to a few book a companies bang and write a book, you know, yep. from Tinker to Triumph and you know, or call it the real OCD, the old Craigie disorders. <laughs> 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 you know, and just and just talk about everything that I speak about, you know, because you know, um no one's right, no one's wrong. Yeah. We all make mistakes. But everyone, everyone, if they give themselves a chance, can better their life. It's got nothing to do with money. It's got nothing to do with, you know, relationships or lifestyle or image. If you just wake up and chase the energy baby with the big OC, yeah. you can do whatever you want. I love it, mate. We appreciate your time. And, and I know from talking to you, you've got some other things in the pipeline in regards to some big runs and things. And you want to try and do some more fundraising for those causes. So yeah. I'm sure myself and Dan will keep keep everyone in the loop of those. As they come Dan needs to be on the track with me, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Lane falls mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for your time, mate. Thanks, uh, as boys. Appreciate it. You and, uh, yeah, appreciate that. Thanks, Dan, for jumping on and, and watching you in the castle. Yeah, thanks, guys. Oh, yeah, so watching you in the castle is my um, Instagram and Facebook page. Um, Dan and Scott Nielsen's my private account for the females out there if you want to slide in my DMs. But, Tune um, in to the brother boy. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're just covering Newcastle stuff. So um, it was good to came up with Chris at Leadcastle AU, um, get on board and hopefully do a few more footy interviews in the future. But um, no, Craigie, thanks for having me, mate. Cheers, it's finally good to meet you, brother. The host us um, with the monsters. Yeah, team, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'll run, run, run by that one now. That's but, him, yeah. bro. Chase the energy. That's it. Well, thanks, boys, and uh, thanks, we Chrissy. look forward to being back soon with uh, some more episodes. Cheers, bye. Thank <laughs> you.